The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. We're talking sports injuries. The occurrence of injuries in sports is not something that an athlete can escape from in a career. In fact, it's inevitable. In any case, an anonymous quote does say no athlete is truly tested until he or she have started an inj- have stared an injury in the face and came out on the other side stronger than ever. But you may think that such injuries are only for athletes. Well, in reality, even someone who decides to partake in physical activity that is not demanding at all, so one would have thought, can suffer from a sports injury. On the line, Dr. Moshe Macheti, medical doctor specializing in sports physician, and he works with Sports Medicine Africa, is also part of the medical team for the South African female rugby team. He joins us now on the line to tell us about sports injuries and why it doesn't take a sports person to have a sports injury. And I suppose that is the start of why it is important to first be active and to stretch your muscles, something all of us have probably been told in our lives, but almost always none of us are now doing in adulthood. Yes or no? Am I right, Dr. Moshe Macheti? Good evening to you, sir, and uh, good evening to your listeners. You are 100% right. Um, (laughs) In fact, there's a movement in the U.S., they call it exercise is medicine. Mm. Um, It's very important for us to engage in exercise because it's not only preventative, but it can also be therapeutic. Let's talk from a therapy perspective, just for one's mental well-being and state of mind, the importance of exercise, the importance of the outdoors, the importance of being in a team environment. Not necessarily we both belong to a team and we are competing, but the two of us are going on a walk as opposed to me going on a walk. Just those general things which ordinary people should know as a matter and as a way of life so that their entire imagination around exercise and sport and the healthy life comes from a, dis- from a different disposition internally altogether. Yeah, so um, first exercise is important generally. If you exercise on your own, you will still enjoy the benefits. But I do agree with you that if you exercise in groups, um, it's even more beneficial. More importantly, because um, exercise can be a bit painful, especially if you set yourself certain goals. Uh, Let's say you are doing a three-kilometer walk but you say, I want to improve it to, let's say, five kilometers by the end of the month, you do need that motivation. Now, a lot of us know that um, when you exercise, there are hormones called endorphins, and endorphins are what they refer to as your happy hormones. They don't just um, assist you in, let's say, increasing your mood or making your mood better, but they can positively impact uh, stress levels. So that means even stress can be decreased with exercise. So uh, as you rightly said, it is beneficial exercising, uh, but it's also more beneficial exercising in groups. So whether you're cycling with others or taking a walk in pairs or in groups or even jogging, whatever you decide to do, uh, exercise is very important. 
Just for those who are at home who got excited at the hearing of happy hormones because of endorphins, that's a conversation that Manduli normally has on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so don't at all be tempted to think we are going down that route in this particular segment. We're talking in the general context of health on Monday, not in terms of the sports that take place between mom and dad at home after lights out at home, so please, let's keep it clean. I'm not even trying to go that route. Dr. Moshe Makheti. I, for instance, talk to me, and I would imagine if you are talking to me, you'll be talking to a major or to a lot of people anyway. Songa Zomabetse was very fit in high school. He's done, what, 40 minutes for 10K, fastest time averaging four per kilometer. Not bad. He always thinks he will be able to do that if he exercised, but the biggest challenge that he has is the mental edge. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't have the character to get out and to walk, from walking to jog, from jogging to running, and from running to going for a time trial where he can then try and go for a PB of a sub-40 10K. That's probably the biggest challenge many people have, just Mm. the ability of breaking a cycle. Of course, we're all busy, and we can always rely on being busy. I'm on air now. I'm going to get home Mm. after 10. I'm tired. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do a 9 to 5, and then I have to cook because I'm a bachelor. And then I can always come up with an excuse in terms of why I'm not exercising, but that is Mm. far from the point. The point is, precisely because you are busy, that's especially when you should be exercising. How do you engage that individual? I don't imagine I'm the only person on that boat. Yeah, very good point. So I mentioned earlier a movement in the U.S. called Exercise is Medicine. They have done a lot of research, and one of the things they found is even just one minute of exercise a day is beneficial to uh, positive health outcomes. So what people need to understand is while there are certain standards that we would like um, an ordinary human being to aim towards in terms of exercise. Um, If you start slow and you start low, that's good enough. What you need to do is encourage yourself. Even five minutes a day of a brisk walk or a light jog or something of that nature is beneficial. And then uh, eventually you can then say, how can I make time or how can I clear my schedule during the day to perhaps give myself more time to exercise and to reach my uh, targets. Remember, we also have weekends Mm. uh, where you can, you know, do whatever you want to do, whether you're cycling or running or playing tennis or playing football with your mates, whatever you want to do. You start slow, you start low, and then you can gradually improve. Yes. yeah, there's no need for you to push too quickly, too hard. And I suppose that's always going to be the next challenge. Let's go on to the other end of the spectrum, particularly with persons who are of advanced age. Why is it common that persons who are elderly tend to have knee problems, if not knee problems, back problems, or a combination of the two? Why is it that those seem to be more prominent? I'm always rubbing somebody who's aged at home, and they tell me, bring rubbing stuff, and here I am massaging people. I don't even know what I'm doing, so I could be adding more to the damage than actually bringing any relief. Is there a relationship between age and back aches and knee aches? There is. Uh, so, in general, the majority of back aches and knee aches are mechanical. And by mechanical, I mean it's a wear and tear type of uh, problem. So, for example, if you have knee arthritis, what you basically have is 
the cartilage of the knee um, has been worn down. And it's like, for example, if you have a car and you don't change the tires, the tires are going to wear down and it's danger, obviously, to to the car. So it's the same with uh, uh, aging. But, um, you know, it has also been found that exercise is also beneficial for those types of uh, problems. So, um, you know, you could be 70 years old and maybe you have not been an exercising person. You are struggling with uh, osteoarthritis of the knees mm. or some type of, or some form of that problem. Um, if you engage in exercising, it can actually um, assist you in um, treating the problem. And of course, an injury of the joint is an especially difficult injury to overcome. I'm not even talking about sports people now, but the ankle, the knee, the elbow, those can be quite serious, not necessarily life-threatening, but life-altering how you move and how in time, for instance, a limp because you've got an Achilles tendon or an ankle that snapped at some point and your adjusted walk in time then becomes a problem for the back because you have to overcompensate on the one foot and then your back is skewed. I mean, let's talk about injuries to the joints and how the body responds in one way, but in the other way, it sort of harms itself and ways in which we could behave differently to mitigate some of these long-term effect injuries. Yeah, uh, so I'm actually amazed at how you introduce uh, each theme. You know, you are uh, quite spot on on a lot of things. When it comes to joints, it depends on whether it's a weight-bearing area or whether it's not. So, for example, if you speak about an elbow, uh, the impact of an elbow joint injury may not be the same as an ankle or a knee, for example. Mm. Um, The knee obviously has, has to bear a lot of weight, the ankle has to bear a lot of weight. So the approach to managing um, the problem will depend on the joint we are speaking about and where it is. But um, we we also find that uh, weight, for example, can be a, a serious, uh, what should I call it, prohibitive... Um, a thing that really stops you from um, exercising mm. because when 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 you put a lot of weight on your joint, obviously uh, you know you're going to experience wear and tear quicker. So, um, but what people need to understand is if you can start exercising and then also try to lose a little bit of weight, you'll find that actually. Um, the joint problem, and I'm specifically speaking about lower uh, lower limb joints, mm. the joint problem will be um, it, it will be relieved. If I can, if I can mm. use it. Mm. Mm. Specifically on the weight loss program, I mean, I'm, I'm minded to think the importance of diet insofar as it relates to weight loss programs, but also if you want to complement what you are doing physically from a cardio perspective or even just strength training, what you oh. eat is important. As it were, you are what you eat. The importance of diet in the context of exercise? Yeah, very important. So there's a huge relationship between exercise and diet. Um I don't know how deeply you want me to go, 
But go um, deeper, man of God. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I can go deeper. Uh, so you know that there are macronutrients and micronutrients, mm. and the three main macronutrients are your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. Then your micronutrients are your vitam- vitamins and minerals, etc. Um, so when it comes to exercise, there is a there should be a delicate balance between how much you put in, in particular when it uh, comes to your carbohydrates, and how much you spend when you exercise. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it would be wise to actually also have a conversation with a dietitian regarding uh, those things. Then it comes to the micro, we can come to the micronutrients, uh, things like vitamins and minerals. Um, something like vitamin C, for example, uh, it's very good in um, preventing and decreasing oxidative stress. And uh, it's also good in um, accelerating repair of muscles, tendons, etc. So those kinds of things you need to be aware of. Uh, We are in a COVID season, for example. Things like zinc uh, are very important in the season that we are in. So, Found in which yeah, foods? Diet is when very you talk important. about Vince, I mean, sorry, Moshe. When you talk about zinc specifically, what sort of food stuff should one be consuming to get a maximum return of zinc? So, um, so it, it's going to depend how, how how much can you afford, how far can you go. Yes. Uh, so, for example, if when I'm talking about vitamin C, everybody knows that your uh, citrus fruits, like your yes, like your oranges, etc. Uh, carry a high concentration of vitamin C. Mm. Uh, but then when it comes to think, things like zinc, etc., it's a bit more complex. That's why um, we then recommend that you get it as a supplement. Um, and usually something like 25 milligrams to 50 milligrams a day would uh, suffice. Now, sports people... They let's get into your area of specialization, specifically sports medicine. Sports people put their bodies through a lot. Let's talk about drugs. How I mean, I'm not talking about drugs that are banned for the purposes of competition, but the role, for instance, that steroids play anabolic precisely for that reason they build muscle quicker than typically the muscle itself would in the natural sense the importance thereof because you are competing high octane for a lot of the time and sometimes it is that high octane that depletes the body and in many respects your steroids and similar substances build muscle capacity muscle recovery muscle strength for the purposes of allowing you to go on but, of course, these can be dangerous if used without regulation or without any form of guidance. How yeah. then should we be engaging that? There are those guys who want to walk around topless at the beach in December every year, and they are yeah. the ones who are on roids all the time, or those who are bouncers or those who've got small members and just want to get some way, feel good about themselves. How do we, how should we rather, engage steroids or mass builders or muscle builders or anabolics for the purposes of keeping a healthy body but without destroying it? Yeah, so um, that's a very sensitive topic, but I'm going to put it bluntly. Mm. Steroids are a big no, 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 no. 
Um, yeah. So when it comes to steroids, they have all forms of side effects, and some of them can be catastrophic. Um, you can speak to any dietitian, and they will tell you that um, if you eat a healthy diet and you, for example, watch the amount of protein that you consume and uh, you place your goals uh, in a relatively patient and healthy way, you should be able to gain your muscle and, and be able to look as good as you want to. Um, steroids are not good. Anabolic steroids, I, I want to just be clear about it. Run away from it, whether especially if you're an elite athlete, but even more so if you are a non-professional person who mm. you either want to look good or you want to um, increase your performance to a certain extent, please uh, do not take steroids. Okay, let's go to some more sensitive topics. I've always wondered, this is just song as of being curious, and I hope I'm representing at least one other person so that legitimizes my question. Female sports stars, particularly oh. your professional sports stars, unfortunately there's a biological clock that they are affected by that I will never be. And even the monthly cycle is something that they have to put up with. How do high-performance athletes get around that for instance you got i mean just doesn't matter what sport you're in you're a high performance athlete you're doing it professionally and four days in a month you simply for the most part cannot afford i don't know of any man that can afford not to be on the treadmill if they have to be on the treadmill or in the water or on the pitch four days in a given week outside their off days and unregulated times how then do women get around this? I've always wondered. Yeah, so that's a very nice and interesting question because I uh, I work with women. Uh, as you said in your intro, I'm the team doctor for the Springbok Women. Uh, so obviously it's an individual thing. Uh, let's speak specifically about the menstrual cycle. Um, the menstrual cycle, as we all know, for a certain amount of time, a woman will bleed. Um, and it's, it's part of nature. That's how God created us. Um, but then, for some, they may bleed slightly more than others. Others, not so much. So what you want to know then is, um, first of all, are the hemoglobin levels of this person where they should be? Because hemoglobin is mm. the main pigment that transports oxygen uh, in the blood. In your blood. Yes. And uh, if your hemoglobin levels are not where they should be, obviously it will affect your performance. Uh, one, two, are your iron levels where they should be? Because uh, when you do bleed, uh, it does affect your, your iron levels. So those are some of the things that you look at, and you obviously need to know your athlete. Um, you know, how do they respond to certain things? Some of them are on oral contraceptives or injectable contraceptives. So you need to uh, consider those types of things. Um, it's not very clear, so you can't put a blanket approach to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is just individualize it, speak to the person, and then lastly then find out what is their diet, how often do they exercise, um, you know, what, what is the pattern of their menstrual cycle, uh, etc. And have they struggled in certain areas when it comes to their hormones? And then you can tailor your management or your treatment uh, based on what you find.
There are two questions. I mean, I could answer the one question, but I'll ask it anyway because the person wants to hear the doctor respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Can a woman's hymen tear while she is cycling or running? Can the hymen be stitched back? And does it affect things like ugusola? Okay, we're moving slightly off topic, but I mean, the effect of exercise on the woman's hymen, that's the one question. And a comment really coming through from Patrick Tinizo in Durban saying he's heard that plant-based diets are the best when it comes to the quick recovery from a sports injury and he uses the example of a gorilla he says look at a gorilla it eats plants and look how powerful it is yeah <laughs> okay so let's start with the the hymen, hymen question mm-hmm. uh, so they have found that sports like horse riding and cycling your hymen can tear um, so I think that question is going more towards, uh, you know, the traditional side of things. Um, but it's not the type of tearing as in when you engage in uh, intercourse. Um, however, it will, it will not be like someone who has not cycled or who has not engaged in horse riding. Very well. um, I'm, not, I'm not sure why that would be a concern for the person who's asking the question, but maybe they can clarify why they want to know I can try to explain. And then uh, the second one, well, the physiology of the gorilla and the physiology of the human being are not the same, uh, but I am pro, I am pro vegetables and fruit. And uh, I don't see anything wrong with plant-based eating. I do know a few athletes who are vegan and they still do pretty okay. Let's take a call from Scully in Durban. Scully, good evening. Good evening to you, Sengezo. Thank you for being back, man. You know, it's refreshing. Uh, thank you. Uh, good, day, good, day, good day to the doctor. Good My day. Good is, day sir. Uh, if you could just repeat all the foods found in zinc. I know guava uh, has the best vitamin C. Um, stand mm-hmm. to be corrected there. And also oranges. Um, the, vit- uh, the thing that puzzled me is uh, zinc, doc. Uh, what are the foods? If you, I think that was was Sengeza's question to you, but okay, um, on so, the radio. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that that's right. fine. Yeah, go for thank it, you doc. very much. Go for it, Doc. Your response. Okay, so you you have you have uh, zinc in meat, you have zinc in shellfish, uh, some legumes have zinc. Um, in nuts, you get zinc in it. A lot of dairy foods have zinc, eggs have zinc, whole grains have zinc, um, and a lot of other vegetables like potatoes, they have large amounts of zinc. So, um, yeah, it, you know, you find zinc in, in quite a lot of uh, food sources. But like I said, um, I think something like zinc, it's always better to rather also supplement, supplement with it. Doc, possibly something from a responsible broadcasting perspective and you being a sports person and a sportsman and a sports physician in particular, the dangers, and I think you touched on it in the question of steroids and anabolic steroids in particular, with Supersport making the announcement now of Supersport schools and the broadcast of school sports, the increase in pressure or profiling of young athletes on television, attracting money, not just locally, but of course internationally, and with 
the sporting world really becoming younger because of the facilities and the professionalization coming in at a much earlier stage than, say, this time 20 years ago even, it does put pressure on young people to be optimal, probably at times before their bodies are developed in a manner so as to be receptive to these non-natural substances. What do you say from Sports Medicine Africa's perspective in ways of encouraging young people on the one end to maximize what their bodies are allowing them to do, but making very sure they don't do what their bodies are unable to handle? Yeah. um, So first of all, that's a great question because one one of our... uh, Jobs as sports medicine Africa is to take care of developing athletes. We do work with the University of Johannesburg and the Mpopo Sports of Academy. And the first thing is education, education, education. Um, a lot of people take decisions mainly out of ignorance. So one, they do not know what is contained in a certain substance. Two, they don't understand the implications of doping. Uh, and then three, of course, then uh, they are misled by what they hear and what they see. So education is the first part. We need to, uh, you know, what we are doing now, I think we need to engage a bit more in the public space about subjects of this nature, uh, number one. And then number two, to really, you know, especially people like us, doctors, to not just be um, involved with elite athletes, but to go out into the community. That's uh, part of what we try to do as sports in Africa, to just go out into the, into the community and engage our young people, uh, hear their concerns, and really find out what exactly um, they are talking about because influence is, is, is a very big thing. And so to not just be in our practices and, uh, you know, engaged with elite athletes, but to just go out there and uh, speak to our aspiring young athletes who want to, you know, go to the Olympics one day or play in the World Cup, etc., and just, you know, educate them about um, some of these things. Let's leave it there. There's plenty to talk about, of course, but only time is our enemy, so I'm going to have to ask you to drop it there. Dr. Moshe Macheti, medical doctor and sports physician, working with, among other organizations, Sports Medicine Africa. Sir, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. 2137. Goodbye, folks. Chat tomorrow.